0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for March 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining us on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be dream match dream match that's what they labeled it as and my god man jesse on what was probably a dull show by the time we got to the main event that main event certainly heated things up tonight man what did you think about the aew in-ring debut of the 25 year old vikingo tonight against kenny omega Yeah, it was all right, man. I mean, I mean, I could do that shit in my sleep, bro. I mean, give me a fucking break. I mean, uh, I've been with House of Glory, man. Amazing Red taught me all that shit, man. I'll show you next week. You see one, you see them all, bro. Uh, You know. Who needs it? We got Ricochet over in WWE, right? We got uh, (laughs) we got Rey Mysterio. Who needs these Mexican (laughs) luchadors? Man, who needs them?
2: You know, this guy has probably been doing this stuff most of his career, but this was. The biggest match of his life
0: bro I'm this sure. guy was doing six thirty fucking poison ron is out of the womb
2: my god my god they <laughs> gave him they gave him 15 20 minutes to show the world what he does and did he take advantage of it or what man that man, was
0: great man I, t- I tell you man the, the social media is. Social media sucks. Oh, I, I don't even know. I swear on my grandfather's tomb, man. If I didn't have this fucking show and, and it being detrimental to the growth of the show, I would not even be on there, man. There are so many blithering idiots on there. It is. It is. I can't even keep count anymore, man. I don't even know what my block number is up to at this point.
2: Let, let's I try to stay off. I try to stay off. Lucky
0: you, man. Uh, listen. I try. I, I want to start at the top. Obviously, this is the big thing tonight. Dynamite was not very good tonight. I mean, I didn't really care about it. I mean, the Sting match with Orange Cassidy and, and Darby Allin was a little entertaining. Outside that, and the Omega and uh, Hangman stuff at the end, the Elite getting uh, put into an ambulance on the start of the show. I, I mean, I didn't really care for much of what happened tonight. It was certainly an off week, so he we definitely booked the uh, dream match on, uh, on a good week. But I, I want to start at the top, man. A lot of people criticized Tony Khan. And I talked about this on Sunday on, on my show. A-, a lot of people criticized Tony Khan for this supposed dream match. Now, I, I want to start there. Uh, you know, I I, I honestly feel, and-, and I don't blame Tony Khan. I'm not blaming Tony Khan because he's a wrestling promoter and he's got to do what's right for the company and-, and right for the promotion of the show. And, and he- he's a major fan of the sport. And we love him for that reason. But man, do they throw the term dream match around way too often, man. This this to me tonight was not a dream match. I don't really like the people saying it is a dream match. It may be a dream match for Vikingo, who's 25 fucking years old in the ring against Kenny Omega. That's the only way I'd really accept it being called a dream match if it's coming from Vikingo uh, personally. But I, I feel like That term is loosely thrown around, and I would say tonight was more of an exhibition, not only for Vikingo, but for the AEW brand as today, believe it or not. They sold out Forbidden Door in an hour, 16,000, 15,000 seats or whatever it's going to be in Toronto for June 25th. This was more of a, a, a Forbidden Door exhibition, bro, to get you guys ready for what you could see at Forbidden Door in Toronto.
2: It was and and that's uh actually a pretty pretty good way to put it. You know, it it was not a dream match. It was not. I, I don't like having to say that because I don't like to try to diminish what happened out there tonight because what we saw was fantastic stuff, man. Yeah. It it really, really was, but it was not a dream match. I mean it maybe we maybe we and I say we the others who criticized that we have different definitions of a dream match. A dream match is something that everyone's probably been clamoring clamoring for for years and never thought it would possibly happen and we're finally getting it. Most of us, and I say most, I mean a pretty good majority of us did not even know who this guy was. You know, it's no disrespect to him. It's not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just we were not exposed to his talents. And this was our chance to get familiar with him. And maybe TK knew exactly what this guy was going to bring to the table and how this match with Kenny Omega was going to play out. So for him, maybe it was a dream match. But for us, it was just a fantastic, like you said, exhibition of what this guy can do and what he's been doing down there in AAA.
0: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people online uh, gave the criticism of where's the build. Where, where's the story. Now, believe me, I mean, if you've been watching me for any, any point in time, I mean, I, you guys know that we love story. I love story. Jesse loves story. Wrestling has been built on story the last year. We're moving into the era of pro wrestling fans wanting story and less of the uh, let's throw two guys in there and have banger matches every week. I, I think that's the trend nowadays, and I hope a lot of other companies follow suit. But, Jesse, the criticism on Tony Khan was there, there's no story. Now, I don't know what fans are expecting here for a multitude of reasons as I as I went over on Sunday night. Number one, this guy rarely works in the United States. I mean, I may be seeing him at a, at a GCW show. He might have worked Impact here and there. But, I mean, this guy is so incredibly difficult to book that a lot of people were like, oh, where's the story and where's the build for the match? Well, I don't think this match really needed anything outside of what they did tonight. They, they put a couple of video packages together, uh, one in particular, I believe, uh, for this match. And, and they played it at the beginning of the show to basically give you a little recap of who he is, where he's come from, what championship he holds, and, and how this match was supposed to happen. But before Kenny Omega went to go get surgery... You know this match was supposed to happen. He couldn't do it, and he opted to get surgery and then come back. So the match had to be put off. So this is a two-year match in the making. Then it would have been a 23-year-old Vikingo against Kenny Omega. Now we're getting it on, on AEW Dynamite. So I-, I don't necessarily know why. Pe- I-, I don't necessarily know why people are, are caring so much about the build for a guy who's not even signed with the fucking company. I, I mean, I don't really no, understand it- that. Lo- who
2: cares?
0: He's not with them.
2: Yeah. No. Some people just like to take, you know, the complaints that, you know, some of us would normally have with AEW and try to apply them to every last single situation. That, yes, we want more storyline. That does not mean every last single thing that you see on TV all needs a storyline for it to happen. And this is clearly a case where it did not need storyline. There was actually storyline going on there yes you just weren't paying attention to it
0: tony there
2: khan, to khan, to khan
0: slyly bro slid in two different situations there was adam yes. page at the beginning of the show where kenny omega didn't even want to do the match later because yes. he wanted to be at the hospital with the bucks and then we got a little scene backstage where don Callis had to convince him like this is you this is main event omega the, the wrestling god is back one-on-one this, this right. is what you need to do That's the story there, Kenny Omega leaving the trios division and going rogue and going single, you know, and doing his thing that we know he can do. And then in the main event, bro, I mean, the Blackpool Combat Club beat the shit out of Kenny Omega at the end of the match. Like, I mean, the the whole fucking show was a story building up through this match till the end of the show. What the fuck do
2: people want? There was story there. I mean, Vikingo. Okay, so Kenny was so focused on this dream match that TK's been building up that he lost focus on everything going on around them. To me, it looks like Don set up the Bucks. It looks to me like Don set up the Young Bucks to get jumped to get them out of the picture so he can get Kenny all to himself again. It looks like there's a, even another story going on right there. You just weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. You were zeroed in on one thing, and you actually missed the story going on.
0: Man, it, it's, it's, it's so crazy how people are, are are so void of of logic and and, and just common sense on, on what they're watching. I, I mean, that right there deads that entire discussion. The, the other thing is, why is Tony Khan booking a match if there's no story? You're, you just might as well not do it at all. I mean, this is not what we want. I had people tell me, bro, that they weren't going to watch this match tonight because, A, they didn't know who he was and that there's no build. I'm like, okay. Uh, go go and uh, go and twiddle your thumbs somewhere uh, somewhere else this evening. Go go play your PlayStation Five or, or go watch something else. You don't have to watch AEW, but you're going to miss a banger match. So I, I, to me, to me, these people are, are not professional wrestling fans because they want what they want and they won't watch unless Tony Khan provides them 100 percent what they want to see. You know, th- you, wh- what you and I discussed, Jesse, when we watched NXT on the WWE Network back in the day, Black and Gold. The one thing that I love most about watching that show is watching the fucking journey from people starting at the bottom and working their way to the top. Yeah, I mean, if you if you are not watching the show for those reasons, I don't know if you really love professional wrestling. That's what I, I love, finding new talents, who they are, how they work, how they work well with others. And, and this was, like people in the chat said, like you said, a showcase. And you know what? Yes. I'm not going to be asking who. I knew who he was coming into this. People are not going to be asking who. People are not going to be asking, "Oh, where's the, where, who is he, and where's he from, and all these other fucking questions." Tonight, you got all your answers, and that's it.
2: Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic spot for the guy. Um, I'm more interested in what's going on now after we saw everything that we saw, and I I don't understand what all of the complaining is about. To me, it just seems like people are just going to complain. No matter what we get, it does not matter. I mean, they gave us a fantastic main event. It made sense. It was great. There was storyline going on around it, and people just, it seemed like they just looked for something to focus in on, found it, and ran with it. Sometimes you just got to ignore your 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 hardcore detractors. I mean, they just, they are going to find, I'm, I'm looking at someone on Twitter right now, someone that we're probably all familiar with. It seems that they only tweet about AEW for only the negative things that they can find. They never tweet a single thing about something positive. There's
0: legitimately nothing negative to say about this match. Nothing. I mean, if you don't like acrobatics or gymnastics or whatever, it's the same fucking complaint people say about the Young Bucks every time that they're out there. It's the same shit that people say about Penta and and, and Ray Phoenix every time that they're out there. I I mean, you got people in the E that do that same type of thing. I, I, I don't understand it. Like, Ricochet's a gymnast as well. He was a fucking gymnast before he became a pro wrestler. Are we all going to rag on Ricochet because he does things in that ring that resemble more of of a gymnastic style than a pro wrestler? I I mean, I don't understand you people.
2: He's an an athlete. You can take an athlete from many different professional sports, and you can find what they do best in their sports and take that and translate it into a pro wrestler. Football players do it all the time. Their brute strength their ability to wrestle down on the ground, they become professional wrestlers. A gymnast would be no different. They could become a high flyer. It's a it's a seamless transition. MMA fighters find a way to transition into pro wrestling. It happens all the time. This is what makes pro wrestling so special to me. You know, I, I like the fact that we can get athletes from all different walks and they can find what they do best to make it something interesting in pro wrestling. But then when you do, then you're called out for it like you're not a real pro wrestler and that's fucking bullshit, man.
0: It's it's such it's it's such a stupid fucking argument. Like th- this is what brought AEW to to the forefront uh, of of being the number two promotion behind WWE. Th- they are labeled the alternative. Tonight was AEW being the alternative. They went out and got probably the most heralded luchador in the entire world to put on their show, and people are asking why. You know, another reason I brought up on Sunday, and a lot of people didn't really take this into account, and believe me, because Jesse has seen from me personally who I'm talking about, because I sent him, you know, screenshots. And I have, within good reason, from an ultimate source who I can't name, but this was not supposed to be his first appearance. This was not supposed to be... Uh, Vikingo's first appearance, he was actually supposed to be in the Revolution Ladder Match. Now, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it worked out for TK the way that it did, but it, it, it was supposed to be him instead of Commander in that ladder match. I'm glad that it worked out that way. But a lot of people, and this leads into my next point, a lot of people are not taking into account, Jesse, that Tony Khan only had this week to book this match. It, it, you know, we, we could not, you know, we could be looking at something that, A, we don't get for another six months to a year, We may not get it at all. And who knows where he's gonna end up? If he leaves Mexico, is he gonna come to the States? Is he gonna go to WWE? Because you told me tonight, Triple H was probably already on fucking Wikipedia and on the phone while the match was happening tonight. Tony Khan wanted this match on his turf for the first time ever, and he got it and he gave it to us, and he probably was on a super, super tight time constraint where he had no choice but to book it this week and this week only. Other than that, he might not have had another opportunity this year to do it, so people are still ragging on him for it. That could be the reason it may very well
2: be the ultimate reason why he did it tonight. I, I would believe it. And to me, yeah, this this does kind of feel like the kind of thing where um, if you got the chance, take it right away. yeah and and do what you can with it make you make I mean, do the best you can with it. and he put this guy in the ring with the best that he has to offer. the absolute best currently. That AEW has to offer is Kenny Omega. And they went out there and they tore the house down. And right now, as we speak in this current moment, everyone involved in pro wrestling in some in any way, shape, form or another is talking about these two men. So I think it was a job well done.
0: Of course it was. I don't see, I don't see what the bad thing about the oh man, where's the story? I'd be the first to fucking complain. Where's the story? I, you didn't hear one fucking complaint out of me. The only th- the only problem I had was a the loose term of dream match being thrown around, like uh, like it's everybody's on it's on everybody's wish list. It's not. Uh, it's a dream match for Vikingo, a- and the people complaining that there was no build. You know, we didn't need a build for this match. Now we know how great he is. You saw it firsthand. We know how great Kenny Omega is. I don't want to take anything away from the match itself and Vikingo and the fucking job he did because he did did things in there that I physically have never seen before ever. And uh, I I hope I get to call one of his matches one of these days. Maybe he walks through House of Glory. We don't know. But the other big thing, Jesse, that I want to really pinpoint in this entire uh, Vikingo and, and Kenny Omega discussion, I hope Tony Khan was listening. I hope Tony Khan was watching. I know he was. This match really separates, and I mean, it's fucking so deep, bro, that it's not even, I mean, the comparison is fucking, you can't even sit here and compare the two. Kenny Omega, as what we saw him tonight, Kenny Omega as a trio in in the Elite, man, you know where his value lies, and if Tony Khan is silly enough to put Omega back in a trio's fucking situation outside the Blackpool Combat Club, of course, with this feud budding, I mean this is where he needs to be bro. I I mean how the presentation, the feel, the crowd, the matches, the main event, the overall vibe and the power that he brings to the fucking card as a solo act as the as the wrestling god Kenny Omega, it is untouchable bro. I don't know why Tony Khan would ever think about moving him back to a tag team capacity ever again. It
2: it is. I I actually I text you, I think it was like During the intro, like the first couple of minutes of the match, I I think this trio's title run has brought down the value of Kenny Omega. He has not felt this special and this important in in the AEW main event scene in a very long time.
0: Yeah.
2: He felt like a big deal. He felt like, I mean, it felt like the cleaner was coming out. He, He was focused. He was serious. He made this guy, not that he needed any help. But he made this guy look like a million bucks in front of a national, you know, audience bigger than he's ever experienced in his life. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you, you can't ask for anything more than that, man. Kenny is always the consummate professional in these kind of situations. And we missed this Kenny Omega. Kenny with the Elite, it was great. It was fun. I would have loved to have seen them. In the trios division, you know, competing, trying, trying to win it, but I never thought that Kenny was needed in the trios division. I think the Bucks were needed in the tag division. I think Kenny is needed in the main event scene. Period.
0: Yeah. Now, 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 the way it's set up, absolutely. I never. Yeah. I, 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 we, we've discussed this uh in the past as well. We never felt the need for the elite to hold the trio championships to really bring credibility to those titles, like Hangman and Omega did for the tag team titles. It was not the same thing. Yeah. I mean, AEW's roster was night and day compared to where they were then and where, where we are now. I mean, they have so many fucking great players uh, on the field in, in not only the roster in general, but in the trios division and what they could do with that trios division. The House of Black are, are manned and ready to, to lead the charge. We didn't need the elite there. The Blackpool Combat yeah. Club, they, they are ready. They don't need the elite there. I mean, you could do anything. I mean, Pack and the Lucha Brothers were a fucking great tag team. This, the Jericho Appreciation Society could hold the titles. There's, there's so many great options there. We don't need to go back to them and, and kill other parts of the show by putting them in one division and not having them experience anything else, and not having the fans experience them in any other division. Omega in the main and the Bucks in the tag team. I, I don't know why this. I don't know why this would even
2: be a discussion moving forward. No, in, I mean, it, another thing too. I just thought about though. We didn't have MJF on this show.
0: No, nah, he's hurt. I mean, he's still, he's still healing. Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah. We didn't have the bucks on this show. Technically. Yeah. And the show was still extremely noteworthy. Yeah. Extremely. We didn't have our world champion here. You know, we didn't have the bucks here. I mean, but there's still a lot going on. I mean, this guy's appearance allowed so many other different moving parts to happen. And people are still finding ways to complain about him being on the show.
0: Listen, at the end of the day, Jesse, we got exactly what we needed AEW to do, bro. What was the fucking first thing that I said coming out of AEW Revolution, even going into Revolution? They need to structure their shows with something that happens in the beginning, something that happens in the middle, and something that happens at the end. We got yep. exactly that tonight. It might awesome. have been it might have been a show that was not very match-heavy like we know AEW can do, and we got some of the B-plus players, we got some of the bench players on tonight's show, but... I mean, that storyline that played throughout the show, bro, that's the way AEW needs to structure television. That's what they did tonight. And people will still fucking complain. Yes, it was a great show, but based on what we saw with that storyline, the way the show was
2: structured, I'm giving it a thumbs up because that's exactly what we need on a weekly basis. You know, here's something that I saw absolutely no one tweet about, mention, or even slightly bring up, and I'm going to be the first to do it right now. This new version of the Blackpool Combat Club has lots of shield uh, of, of remnants all over it. It looks like Moxley is forming like a new, a new version of the shield with him and Yuta and Claudio, and they're just taking over the fucking company right now. They are they they are establishing themselves as the dominant faction. They do what they want, to whom they want, when they want, they come through the crowd. We have the SHIELD 2.0. I don't mind that at all. To be honest with you, I, I do not
0: mind that at all. If, if, if there's anybody that knows the SHIELD and how they need to operate and how to build a, a faction off of that type of vibe, it's John Moxley.
2: It's John Moxley. I'm liking this shit. The Blackpool Combat Club is no longer just one of these factions hanging around in the backdrop in AEW. They said, We run this show, we mm-hmm. don't care who you are.
0: And I'm excited about it because Brian's not even there. We know Brian's going to come back eventually, and it looks like we are definitely headed towards the blood and guts. Yeah. Omega, yes. Hangman, and the Bucks versus Brian, Yuta, Moxley, and Claudio. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, man. Holy I 1 million U- rating shit.
2: Yeah, I think Wheeler Yuta is going to benefit mostly from this kind of push that they're um, looking like they're going to go on because um, he's the one with with the most in-ring ability with— um, the least amount of charisma or name notoriety. So he's going to benefit from being around Moxley and Claudio for sure.
0: It's amazing, man. This is why uh, I feel like what we do here is is better than a lot of the other creators. You know, we see things in a different way. You know, some of the locker room over there may not like us for our uh, bluntness and our, uh, our, our uh, honesty. It's just who we are as individuals. I'm not going to lie to my audience. But, you know, just the simple fact that we— You know, are watching the show tonight, not really thinking too much of it outside the main event. We knew it was going to be a banger, but I mean, people still complaining. It's it's so wild to me that AEW did exactly what we need to do with a fucking two-hour-long story throughout the show to keep you invested, and people are still complaining. I mean, and it's in the hands of Omega and the Bucks and Page and the Blackpool Combat Club. Who knows what they are bringing to the table as far as how this goes and how it's going to be booked and the ideas that they're bouncing back and forth with TK. I mean, you got eight fucking guys there who, you know, some of them were in the, to me, the second greatest story that they've told with with Hangman and Omega, and that's obviously outside Punk and MJF. I think that's their best story, period. But, I mean, look at all the manpower that they have, bro, to tell this story on where it's going to go into that supposed blood and guts feud. I mean, how could you not be excited about it? I'm fucking... I I can't wait to see how everything unfolds. Me as well, man. Me as well. The other thing that we want to talk about tonight, before we get into the actual show, is... Bill Goldberg. Jesse is uh, blanking out his camera. And uh, Jesse is thrilled about this news. Jesse is over the mood about this, but he can't wait. He can't wait for good old Bill. We're not talking about Big Bill, bro. We're talking about Bill Goldberg, a Mustang muscle car-loving freak that should never come to AEW. Apparently, he's a free agent, bro. Bill Goldberg is now a free agent. His contract expired with WWE at the end of 2022, but news broke on Monday that he's a free agent, leading to fans speculating whether Goldberg is going to end up in AEW. Tony Khan was actually asked about this, and he says this in regards to Bill Goldberg. And I quote, I have a lot of respect for Bill. I think Bill Goldberg is a great professional athlete and has had a great career in pro wrestling. He is a very nice person. I think he's a household name in pro wrestling, and certainly that's interesting to hear that Bill is a free agent, as if Tony Khan didn't know already. That's something to follow. He's one of the biggest names in wrestling and certainly will be something else to keep an eye on for, especially for us. We have so many great wrestlers in AEW. Yes, you do, TK. Yes, you do. We don't need to add another one who can't wrestle. Uh, So many great wrestlers in AEW and so many exciting things happening in AEW week to week that it's always an exciting time. Bill is an exceptionally exciting name and one of the biggest names in the sport Certainly it's a big thing for us to pay attention to so I would take notice of that and that is an end quote Next Ah, listen, I right, listen the venue's upset, bro. The ven- the venues uh- the venues upset. Tony, look at what you did, bro. You got my fucking people upset, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, Jesse, what what do you think about this, uh, unbelievable news, man, that's, uh, that's budding in the community, man, people, people want Goldberg to go to AEW, man, people are legitimately, and I say this with a straight face, people are legitimately coming up with the excuse, bro, that, oh, Tony Khan has treated his legends great, better than anybody. If there's one thing that Tony Khan knows how to do, it's how to book and treat his legends on dynamite bill would be no different i like it have him come in for a four to six match deal and work with some middle of the road guys that ultimately leads to a match against will hobbs or wardlow no 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 that is not a valid excuse to bring in goldberg to aew i'll give the floor to you jesse first let me what do you got to say about this man good old good old bill goldberg
2: First off, all of the legends that TK has booked and pushed correctly were all respected legends. Let's start right there. All legends that were already respected in their craft for what they brought to pro wrestling. Christian Cage, Sting. I mean, these guys were actually legitimate wrestlers who spent their lives dedicated to this sport. And then they're in a position where they can't physically give us what they used to. So TK puts them in a position to give us what they can when they can. And without overshadowing any of the new up and coming talent. Now, if anyone can name me one person that Bill Goldberg helped get over in his entire career, then maybe I'll reconsider my stance on Goldberg. Just one. Just one. And then take the fact that Goldberg himself has has pretty much said that he only does this business for the money and that he couldn't do pro football anymore. He's just here for himself. He's never helped anyone in this damn career. And we're supposed to be excited to get this guy in AEW. What is wrong with you people? I swear, I think the people that want to see Goldberg in AEW are the same AEW detractors that say only negative shit about AEW. Uh,
0: it's it's amazing to me. Like like I, the, the 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 most funniest thing that I've seen in the last forty eight to seventy two hours since this news broke is people legitimately coming up with excuses for Tony Khan to sign Bill Goldberg. Like I, I like are you people absolutely out of your fucking minds? Mental. Like AEW is the alternative. If I wanted this shit, I'd go watch fucking WWE. This is everything that is against what AEW stands for. You want to bring in Bill Goldberg? Bill Goldberg is not going to be used as well as Sting. Bill Goldberg's not going to be used as well as Jake Roberts was, who can't wrestle, obviously. But Jake Roberts was used very well in his beginning very well. stages. Very well. This is not going to be like an Arne Anderson. This is not going to be like a... Who else is there? I don't want Chris Jericho is a legend, and, and, but Chris Jericho is there every day, he wrestles almost every week. But yeah, instead
2: of being like those guys, he's gonna be like a Jeff Jarrett, someone else that yes. we have being used in a way that we really don't want to. He's see not gonna being be used this way. He's not gonna
0: be used like a Christian Cage, who's been right. used brilliantly, like so good. What what are you? Oh, oh, TK uses his legends great. Yes, yes. Bill is not a legend. I'm he's sorry, not. <laughs> he's not a legend. Why would you want to bring this man into the company? For the reasons Jesse gave, which was 100% accurate, number one. Number two, this is the same guy that didn't give a fuck about Kevin Owens, didn't give a shit about Bray Wyatt. From my sources, Bray may still be buried in Saudi Arabia. We don't fucking know. This is the same guy who ruined Big E's title run and title reign because Bill Goldberg needed to wrestle Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam, which moved Big E's title match to a fucking cash-in in in Worcester, Massachusetts on Monday Night Raw, ruining the moment when it should have been Big E versus Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam because the entire summer was Bobby Lashley in the hurt business first the New Day. You think I forgot about that one, right? No, I don't forget anything about Bill Goldberg. Number three, that's number three. Number four, like Jesse said, this guy's the most greediest motherfucker that you could ever find. He's making four million dollars a fucking payday. Saudi Arabia matches here and there. He only came back for himself. He can't. He can't wrestle anymore. He can't even fucking walk. He almost killed the fucking Undertaker in yeah. Saudi Arabia. You want him to come back to w, uh, to uh, AEW after his WWE run? Well, what is he gonna do? What is, what value is he gonna bring? AEW. Oh, he's a ratings draw. He's a big get. No, he's not. He no. didn't do shit for WWE's ratings. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. Bro, I Why do you want this man here?
2: I I swear to god, man. I may be on the brink of not watching anything AEW if he comes in. Some people, you know, some people, you know, they like to try to say, well, It wasn't Goldberg's fault when he came in and Vince wanted to book him to beat Bray Wyatt for the title. Let me explain something to you, man. I don't think you would have been able to get a real legend, a real legend who loves this business, to come on, sign up for a match, taking the world title off of the guy who's up and coming just so you can have a match somewhere in Saudi Arabia some shit. Anyone would have said, "Yo, look, man, I want to come in and do something, but I'm not taking the title off of this guy. The fans love him; he's white hot. I mean, this should be somebody. If you, if you got to take the title off, some of them do it with someone else. I'm Ex- not doing that. Exactly what I today. exactly
0: what I said the night of that review. He could have said anything to Vince. Uh, Vince, I don't know if I could take the title. This guy is absolutely fucking scorching. I can't take yeah. the title off. in three minutes. Three minutes. It's bullshit." The only man, the only people that Goldberg worked with is Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, and he didn't even put over Bobby Lashley clean. He didn't even bother putting over Bobby Lashley clean. By the time Bobby Lashley had to drop everything to put over Bill Goldberg, he was no longer the WWE champion because WWE and Bill Goldberg, had some sort of fucking agreement. Oh, he's back for his son. He wants to be a superhero for the kids. Fuck off.
2: Him and his dorky ass son out there.
0: What is he going to bring to AEW? What is he going to put over Wardlow? Yeah, Wardlow's going to be so over, right? Because uh, uh they had similar chance, right? Goldberg, yeah. Wardlow, give me a fucking break. No, That's exactly no. what I want to hear on AEW television. No,
2: no, this is a bad idea. TK, if you're listening, this is a bad idea. Very or better yet, how about how about we get Goldberg coming in to break Jay Cargill streak? Yeah, there you go. I like I, I booked it better, man. I like I like my booking better on Twitter. I think it says some of the long lines of he comes in, he beats MJF right away, then he goes on to defend against uh Jeff Jarrett in a year-long feud. All right, then Hogan comes in as a third man, right? And then Kevin Nash comes out with a cattle prod and then what are we doing here what are we doing
0: here this man would not do business with vince mcmahon booking the show you think he's gonna listen to tony khan and take orders from tony khan on what tk wants him to do give me a fucking break man you gotta be fucking out of your mind that don't work for me brother come on (laughs) say no to bill goldberg in aew that's an awful 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 fucking move And anybody, all the check marks thinking and coming up with fucking ideas about how it could work, fuck them. Because they're not being genuine to their audience. And believe me, if I see it, I'm calling it out. Fuck this shit. No. They got enough problems. They don't need to add fucking Bill Goldberg to the mix. No. Anyway, we're going to get into the rest of the show. And we got a lot to go over tonight. We're going to go over uh, the six man that we got with Orange Cassidy and Sting. Sting is back on television. FTR made major news tonight because they are putting their AEW careers on the line against the Gun Club. We will talk about that and the rest of tonight's show. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at The Ridge. And you guys know me and The Ridge, man. I love my Ridge wallet. I got to get Jesse on The Ridge. I don't think he's got a Ridge wallet, but uh, they are sponsored by The Ridge. And listen, guys. Yeah, you need to get one, man. It's the best time to do it right now, believe it or not. They are giving you 40% off with the code SCRIPT for their 10-year anniversary, and we are going to go into The Ridge right now, and then we'll get into the post-show right here and continue the AW Dynamite review right here on Off The Script. Do not go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are celebrating, and not only because, once again, we are sponsored by my beautiful friends over at The Ridge, but tonight... We are celebrating the Ridge and their 10 year anniversary, man. That's 10 years of great reviews, iconic wallets, and you guys know how much I personally love the Ridge. The Ridge is obsessed with making durable, space saving gear that you're actually gonna use every single day. So, stock up on a wallet, go get yourself a key case, go get yourself a ring or a watch. And organize your life every single day a little bit better than yesterday, man. I love the Ridge. Everything about it, I love it. And tonight, it is so special that we are going to give you guys 40% off now through March 26th if you go to ridge.com slash script. Once again, that's ridge.com slash script. And you're going to save 40% off for their 10-year anniversary on anything that The Ridge offers, man. How many times have you guys heard me talk about The Ridge and how ugly your wallet probably looks? I get complimented on my wallet every single time. I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story, man. You know, the nicer weather's coming. I love to go down to the Jersey Shore. I love to go visit my outdoor beer gardens. When I drink my favorite cold beverage outside in the beautiful summer sun, I usually have my wallet face up on the countertop. So, I know that I'm ready to pay for whatever I've ordered. And I get so many people complimenting not only on my wallet, but at the same time, I'm looking at everybody else's wallet, and I'm saying to myself, why don't they have a ridge? Why are their wallets so ugly and bulky and made of cheap leather, and and they're all worn down and decrepit? I mean, why would you want to carry around a wallet like this? Why don't you want to carry around a ridge wallet and make yourself just Feel better about yourself. The Ridge is so great, man. Up to 12 cards in this thing you can hold, plus room for cash. There's over 30 different colors, including carbon fiber and burnt titanium. Their wallets have over 50,000 five-star reviews, so you you guys know that you're getting quality. The durable material means each wallet comes with a lifetime warranty. And the Ridge team is so confident that they will actually let you test drive this For 99 days, you can send it back for a full refund if you don't love it. And one of the most important qualities about the Ridge Wallet, it is RFID blocking with RFID blocking technology. So you guys know you are safe from digital pickpockers when you're out and about this summer. It's unbelievable, man. So please, go get yourself a Ridge Wallet. Ridge.com slash scripts. Once again, that's Ridge.com slash scripts. Save 40% off for their 10-year anniversary. And I want to thank my great friends over at The Ridge for once again sponsoring today's podcast right here on Off The Script. Thank you, guys, for sponsoring the podcast tonight. The Ridge, my great friends over at The Ridge, man. Love them. Go get yourself a Ridge today. 40% off ridge.com slash scripts. Jesse, we open Dynamite tonight with Orange Cassidy teaming with Sting and Darby Allen against the butcher the blade and kip sabian you know it was um it was it, it was an okay match it didn't really further any storylines between anybody but the one thing i noticed here the one thing i'm uh, and we called it out too when we talked about the 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 aw brand going on the road and doing the house shows I, I i and you and i both talked about us hoping that they bring a camera crew with them and film some stuff backstage they were in troy ohio uh, this past week, which looked like an awful card, by the way. Uh, I-, I think a lot more people should be outraged by the fucking house show card that they gave uh, the fans there instead of the Viking going Omega match having no build. But they filmed the storyline backstage where Butcher, Blade, and Kip Sabian attacked Darby Allen and-, and Orange Cassidy. And that's what prompted this match tonight. So, you know, good on AEW for filming some little shit backstage to kind of further some
2: storylines even at the house show. Was that so hard? No. Then why don't they do this for Dark?
0: I don't know. It's a good question.
2: If 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 Dark would get half of the attention that TK give, gave this house show, it might not be so bad to watch. I mean, take some clips that happen on Dark. Present them into TV and be like, hey, you want to see more stuff like this that happens every now and then? Go watch Dark. That's all we've been asking for. We can't get it. What the hell, man?
0: I don't know, but I'm glad that they did it. Hopefully we see more of it. Uh, This was a fun tag team match. Sting looks great in there, man. There's just a a certain genuineness to Sting. A great, uh, you know, uh, it's a great sight to see Sting in there, man. You know, I I look at someone like Sting nearing the end of the road here in pro wrestling and all that he's done, and he's here in AEW, still wrestling, even after being out for a little bit with an injury. You know, we just talked about Bill Goldberg, man. It's like fucking night and day, man. Sting is in there to help the young kids get over. He's got a little you know, a little bit left in him. He's fucking jumping off balconies and jumping off stairwells and uh, jumping off rafters. You know, he's got his little moments to shine there, but it's never all about Sting. It's nope. never been all about Sting. And, you know, I'm glad that he's back. Maybe they uh, do something really, really special, which... Uh, I hope they do in what is rumored to be his last year in, in AEW and last year in pro wrestling, but, uh, he's out there with Darby and Dar- you're in AEW. Yeah. It's the contract year. Yeah. He's a free oh, agent. Man. Yeah.
2: This thing should be locked up for, for life. Oh, well, man. he, wa- he not, may. I, I believe he wants to retire. Not on, not on TV. I get that man, but that guy should not be out of AEW ever.
0: Uh, well, I mean, probably not. I mean, he'll probably end up being like uh, a coach or, or, or something if he still wants to do it. Maybe he just wants to be home. Who the fuck knows? Maybe he just wants to go to Venice Beach and, and retire and just s- sail off into I don't the sunset. Care.
2: Keep your ass here and help these fucking young guys get over it. Management, creative, something. Find something for Sting to do. Man, it, it'd
0: be crazy, man. How the fuck do you book the ending of Sting's career? Tag team know. title run with Darby. Maybe, maybe, maybe a match with MJF for the world title. Man, obviously he won't win. But imagine MJF and, and and Sting for the world title, but maybe like a like one of them big shows, maybe like a Fighter Fest or a fucking Bash of the Beach or uh, a Grand Slam, maybe
2: something. I want to see I want to see Darby involved in whatever happens with Sting for his last match, though. I mean, it, we he he's jokingly called pretty much, you know, uh, Darby's dad, you know, yeah. so. You know, I mean, I I don't want to see a heel Darby, you know, anytime soon, nothing like that, or a heel Sting, but somehow you got to incorporate Darby Allen in his, in his eventual retirement, maybe, maybe have Darby wrestle for Sting or in a tag match with Sting in some kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, in some kind of capacity for him to fight for his career. Then Darby comes up short in the loss. Something something just emotional that involves Darby. I want to see him involved
0: in I'm sure. Thing. I'm sure uh, they'll come up with something for sure. Uh something yeah. special. Uh, but Darby was in there. Uh he uh, almost got a hot tag, but uh Blade took out Sting, knocked him out to the floor. Cassidy made a uh, uh I guess uh what do you call it? a hot orange Cassidy tag?
2: A um
0: a lukewarm uh, tag. L-
2: Tag, <laughs> a warm, warm tag. tag. A warm he he tag,
0: yeah. he, uh, he did his thing in there. Cassidy was then planted with a powerbomb neckbreaker combination by Butcher Blade. Uh, Sabian followed with a corner cannonball. Sabian then was playing up to the crowd. Uh, Sting made the tag from behind. He took over and he was going at all three of these guys. Sting got the Scorpion Deathlock on Sabian. He was overwhelmed here in a two-on-one by Butcher and Blade. Allen fought them off with a double coffin splash. Sabian hit a pump knee. Stunned dog millionaire by Orange Cassidy. Led to some dives out to the floor with Allen onto Butcher and Blade. Sting hooked Sabian for the Scorpion debt drop and got the pin one, two, three. After the match, Cassidy put his glasses on Sting. And the big story at the end of this match was Darby Allen, Jesse, staring up at the double or nothing flag that was hanging above the crowd. He's having dreams of MJF in the world championship, bro. Are we looking at a one-on-one match between Darby and MJF, or are we still kind of on the same page with the uh, fatal four-way, the four pillars of AEW battling for the AEW title?
2: I think think that's still the direction. It's going to be MJF taking on the pillars. You know, and that will be the story. I mean, it you know, it, it kind of feels like it's a little bit more believable that um one of these guys could take him out in a fatal four-way rather than one of them winning a one-on-one match. Yeah. So uh, it should be should be really, really good.
0: Now, how do you book these guys leading into double or nothing? Because MJF did say that he wants to see them all get wins because he doesn't believe none of them are are, are number one contenders or anywhere close. How how do you how do you book these guys leading into the pay-per-view? Do you give them Matches amongst themselves? Do you give them matches with others on the card and get them some wins leading into the pay-per-view? It should be interesting to see how TK handles us.
2: Well, we have a little bit to, um, before we get to the pay-per-view, and that's something I was going to say earlier, too, um, when we were talking about the the show not being um, all that great to the end, you know, we are in the middle of that lull um, between pay-per-views for AEW, so not everything is going to be like a tremendous build. Yeah. You know or something like that so so a match like this with kenny omega was strategically you know placed well as far as them getting ready for the next show so um but you know during this time that we have before we get to our next show they should all be involved in our own individual type storylines and things like that with mjf finding himself getting in their way individually all along the way up to all out you know what i'm saying and then the closer we get to it, they kind of get tired of this shit. Like, he's just trying to fucking soften us up. He's trying to make sure we don't get there you know, to the pay-per-view. But now we're going to focus our attention from our side feuds onto him. And now they have all of them all coming at him at one time in the buildup. Now he's going to feel self-conscious like he can't do it because now he brought this shit on himself. I think it'd be a fantastic story.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the sound of that too. Uh, mm-hmm. We will, uh, We will see what happens there. Uh, it's, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see what Tony Khan does with all four of these guys leading into the pay-per-view and uh, making them worthy enough for MJF and the world title. Speaking of uh, world titles, we have the Guns. They're uh, defending their tag team championship. I love the Guns, man. I think the Guns are great. Uh, the Guns and Top flights. This match was heavily bogged down by the dreaded commercial break. Most of this happened in the commercial break, and that sucks because I quite enjoy the work of both of these teams. The big takeaway from this match is we got Top Flight getting their AEW tag team title uh, hopes dashed by a Ring of Honor tag team, The Kingdom. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett with Maria Canellis out there ruining Top Flight from even getting the opportunity to sniff the AEW tag team title tonight as they interfered Apparently you're you're watching Ring of Honor, Jesse. I have not watched the first two episodes. Uh the Kingdom is uh kind of mixing it up with top flight, maybe two of these teams, possibly in that latter match for the Ring of Honor tag team titles.
2: They are. I mean it to the point where I was starting to wonder how is it that they are involved in this in this feud on ROH, but it doesn't translate onto TV. So the fact that they came out and had a sprinkle of it translate on the TV, I could actually appreciate that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it, was, it wasn't egregious. It wasn't overly yeah. in your face. I mean, it was exactly. like, I mean, I didn't even know the fuck they were out there, to, to be yeah. honest with you, until they showed Maria Connells
2: ducking down trying to hide. But, it makes um, sense. So to anyone who'll be sitting there like, wait, why are they out here doing this? They shouldn't be doing it. Well, ah, yeah. more Ring of Honor! Yeah. go go watch (laughs) Ring of Honor. And and this is, you know, that's bullshit because when we had too much Ring of Honor on TV, we were all sick of it. Now we're not getting it anymore and we get this little sprinkle. That's okay. Yeah, That's warranted. That should be. You should be planting your little Easter eggs in your seed. Hey, watch Dark for this stuff. Oh, don't forget watch Ring of Honor for this feud over here. This was fantastic stuff. And the majority of us are getting tired of 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 the of of the Ring of Honor stuff, no one likes dark. But when you sprinkle and you advertise and you plant Easter eggs, that's how you just kind of titillate interest. That's whoa
0: whoa
2: t- 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 titillate! Daddy, what are you a maximum
0: t- male model now? Nipples hard, bro. Oh, Damn. come on, man.
2: Well, clearly, if Jesse's using titillate, titillate, you, you gotta, I mean, don't, point is, don't shove it down our throats. Yeah. Put it where it's supposed to be, and then remind us that it's out there, and people will come to it.
0: I don't know why this was a tag team title match to begin with, but I'm not going to ask
2: questions. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm glad you said you like the gun club, I have no problem physically with the gun club, I just, I don't understand Why they are tag team champions. I understood. I thought we were going in the direction of keeping it on the acclaim. You know, they lose it. They feud. They get it back. But they lost it and got tossed to the side. We got no acclaim tonight either.
0: Jesse's titillating the juices of your guilty pleasure, says Eddie Foster. Oh, my God. There you go. Yeah, we're going to call him Jesse from now on. (laughs) Jesse.
2: (laughs) Jesse. Oh, God, no.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Anyway, um... We got the uh, the Kingdom out there. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett hit ringside. Attacked Dante on the floor. The referee's attention turned. Uh, Dante fought back, rolled back into the ring, right into uh, the Gun's finishing move, which is great. They call it three ten to Yuma one two three. They retain the tag team titles. Post match, top flight brawled with the Kingdom. Maria Kanellis and the rest of the Kingdom run into the crowd, and they all get chased to the back. All of a sudden, FTR's music hit. They come to the ring. And they got a huge reaction in Kansas City tonight. Colton said no one wanted to hear that song or see FTR out there. They don't respect FTR. You are losers and will never get a title shot ever again. FTR says they'd never team in AEW again. If you give us a tag team title match, Austin didn't say uh, anything. I don't care a shit. Uh, Nothing you can tell me at all is going to change our minds. Harwood then said that they'd quit AEW if the guns beat them again. Austin Colton accepted quickly this time and spat in FTR's faces before bailing and getting out of uh, harm's way. So Dax says that they would quit AEW forever if they can't win the AEW Tag Team Championships against the, uh, the gun club, Jesse. And this is quite interesting because Dax has been on this campaign because he's got a new platform now. He's got uh, his podcast, which is doing very well for himself. And, and, you know, they came out with a statement, and I believe this was on his podcast as well. I didn't listen to the episode yet, but he, he said that he he talked to Cash, and they've come up with a, a dual decision here on, on where they are going to take their careers next, what the next chapter of their career is. Uh, and nobody knows if it's going to be AEW or, or WWE, but... You know, the career on the line situation, normally I don't like it because it makes things a little too predictable. Uh, but in this case, bro, it, it is genuinely up in the air. We don't fucking know a goddamn thing. So we're going into this match totally blind. And the only ones that know are, are Tony Khan and FTR. I yeah, love
2: it. I think it. we know. I think, I
0: think, think you, you think they stay?
2: Well, at, at first, remember, we couldn't figure out why we hear reports of them re-signing, but them, them saying that they have not, like, they made no sense. We couldn't figure it out. Okay, now it makes sense. They had plans for a storyline. Yeah. Now, logistic, I mean, look, I like the premise here. All right, let's start there. But logistically, I don't understand what gives the guns the the um, the ability to say you'd never get a title match. I mean, You're the champions all. If I'm FTR, why am I putting my careers on the lines here in AEW? I'll just go through the ranks, win them all and become number one contenders. And you have no choice. You have to face us. It's not like something happened where they don't get to. I mean, we want a title shot. No, get in line. All right. They whoop everyone's ass in line in the tag division and come right back. What are we doing all of this for? You know, to me, I'm looking at this
0: situation, it's either one of two things. You know, not to take anything away from Austin and Colton. I think they've been very good. And the heat, I love the heat that they get. It's so genuine. And they're complete pricks on TV, which is even better. Yeah. But the one thing that I look at is these two situations. You get the guns beating FTR, and they go to WWE. They leave AEW. What What do you do with the guns? in the tag team division? Do they have anybody lined up for the guns? I mean, the acclaim are I mean, they've fallen off the face of the fucking earth. There aren't really any other tag teams viable right now that would look good in there against the, the guns, or I should say the other way around, the guns being in there with anybody else that would create an intriguing tag team division. Or you get FTR winning the tag team titles, and Tony Khan builds the entire division around them, and it's almost like a, a starting over point the tag team division, which right now I honestly think is pretty fucking weak in yeah. AEW. And, and, you know, it's a great start by rebuilding that with FTR as your champions. And then, obviously, we could get to that match with the Young Bucks somewhere down the line. Maybe we do it at, you know, All Out in Chicago. Who knows? You know, I, I just don't see the the guns holding the tag team championships, going into double or nothing, and then going into forbidden door. You're not going to put those guys in there and, and make it a, a, a top-tier match like we need for those shows. Again, not to take anything away from them, but, I, I mean, all signs are really pointing to FTR winning this thing whenever it happens. Does it happen at the pay-per-view? Does it happen before that? I, I think it happens before that because their contracts are up at the uh, in the beginning of April, so they're going to need to yeah. make a decision then.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, FTR losing to the ass boys and then going over to WWE, you know, after that would be... Something that Vince would do. You know, you, you bury them on the way out and send them out to the competitors so they look bad. That's not TK style. Yeah, He's not going to bury them, make them look bad, and then send them out. That that That's not what he does. This is all a part of the story. They probably came up with this when they re-signed their deals. They're staying right here. I hope so. And, and no matter if they, they stay or if they go,
0: you know, we're going to be fans of Dax and Cash because, you know, they are... Probably the number one or number two, depending on who you talk to. Tag team in the world. So
2: yeah. This yeah. is the same guy that put that that put William Regal front and center in his top storyline on TV and then okayed him to just go back to the E. Just, yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's that's not what he that's not how he operates. He's not an asshole like that. So
0: we got Jay Cargill. Jay Cargill talking about the arrival of Taya Valkyrie, who made her in-ring debut on Rampage last week uh, at 11:30 p.m. Did I watch it? No, no, nobody did. No. Jade told Renee to cut the shit. She took offense to her Taya using her jaded finish, even though Taya was probably using this before Jade even decided to become a pro wrestler. But before Jade was born, before uh, before yeah, before Jade was uh, fucking born. Um, smart Mark Sterling said that he has a cease and desist order for Taya to stop using Jade's finish. Layla Grace then said she delivered the cease and desist personally to Taya on Rampage this coming Saturday, because it's not on Friday due to the NBA, I believe. So Saturday at 10 p.m. is uh, your Rampage this week on TNT. Um, I don't, I, I don't care. No. I don't care, Jesse. No. I mean, Taya comes in, and this is what they got her doing, and. No. I
2: can't imagine how anybody would be interested in this. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to find myself interested in anything Jay does until Chris Statlander gets back.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm telling you, they're saving her for Stat. That's it. I'll just wait.
0: You know, Jade, you could just come into my mother's basement, have a couple of drinks, and just wait till Statlander comes back, and we'll just have a great time, man. We'll, we'll have a couple of drinks. We'll shoot the shit, right? It's, listen, anything's better than what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, Jesse will be there. He could beat him up, get some fucking you pra- wasn't, practice. Wait, you said I wasn't in. allowed. Well, Jade's gonna fucking beat the shit out of you there for everybody's entertainment. but I mean, I don't mind. Apparently, Thunder Rosa's gonna kick my ass, too. Well, if she's gonna kick your ass, then I'm fucking doomed as well, man.
2: That's what I thought, too. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm
0: going to get that fucking stiletto up my pee hole if I fucking uh, act out of line again. I thought she was going to show up tonight since she's there. I don't know. I don't know. Hook, he went one-on-one with Stokely Hathaway in a no-DQ match. You can see where this show is going. Um, I mean, I didn't really care about any of this at all, but, uh, I mean, Stokely Hathaway is one entertaining motherfucker. Hook is out there. He is... uh, 23-0, the longest winning streak in the AEW men's division, says Tony Schiavone. So we got a split-screen highlight film of uh, the backstory about this match. Matt Hardy saying if Hook beat him, Hathaway would have to face Hook. So we got a little uh, refresh on how all this came about. So Hathaway is in the ring. He hugs the referee, and then he said he had breaking news to everybody in attendance. He said, Doc Sampson, or no, was it Doc Sampson? I think he said Dr. Simpson. I don't remember. He said Doc Simpson. Doc Simpson (laughs) told him earlier, he might have been talking about Doc Sampson, told him earlier that he isn't cleared to compete. He said he wanted to compete so badly, so he has to announce the bad news that he's retiring from pro wrestling, and he thanked all 12 of his fans. So we showed Justin Roberts this little sheet of paper, this doctor's note. And I guess he was going to hand it to uh, Justin Roberts to read to everybody. And the notes, the doctor's note, Justin Roberts reads, said, I believe he sucks. Or no, he's sick or something like that. And and it was written on a Wingstop receipt. (laughs) So Stokely went to Wingstop and gave this note, pretending that it was a doctor's note. And Justin said, no, it's actually a wingstop receipt. And then we got Bryce Remsburg ripping it up in the middle of the ring. The bell rang, and Hathaway just fucking bailed and ran into the crowd. Hook retreated into the crowd with him, caught him, threw him back to the ringside area after throwing some punches. Hathaway leapt onto Hook. Hook barely moved. This was uh, basically a squash match. Um... Hathaway sprayed Hook at one point with a fire extinguisher. He grabbed, he grabbed the chair and swung it at Hook. Hook blocked it, bashed Hathaway with it a few times because there's no DQ. Hook then suplexed Hathaway onto the barricade that was set up in the ring that they found underneath the ring that they later set up. He scored a two count, then lifted his shoulders. He applied the red rum, and Hathaway was finished after that. Hook wins in three minutes. I predicted to Jesse that it was two minutes, but they went an extra minute and um this could have been a lot worse. I thought it was a
2: little bit longer than that because he went out into the crowd and everything. No, yeah,
0: this could have been a lot worse, bro.
2: Yeah, I was I was kind of low-key looking forward to this because they've been you know teasing at it on dark and everything else. And Stokely Hathaway is hilarious, man. He is. He is fucking great at his role. He is so funny. He put this over and it made it really fucking funny to me. I wanted to see it since I saw them doing stuff about it on dark, and he comes out wearing his fucking nation of domination fucking gear, fucking coming out, and he had a doctor's note. This was good. This was good stuff. It didn't take up a whole lot of time. And you know, it the right outcome, I liked it all. I liked all of this.
0: We, you know, I I you know, you, you guys are mentioning in the chat, uh, I don't know if Jesse has uh eaten at a wing stop. Bro, I have never eaten at a wingstop before. I've had a wing stop. Are they good?
2: It's all right. It's, is it is, not... is it is it better than Buffalo Wild Wings? Uh I'm not a Buffalo Wild Wing guy either. Many of them. So so no, I don't I don't do Buffalo Wild Wings. It's I'm it's a... it's it's good in increments, you know. From time to time, I'll get it once every few months or so, and it hits the spot. I had it, I had it last for the Super Bowl party in I head, I think. Oh, okay. And so
0: yeah, I don't wasn't know. I, I mean, there's got to be other places but, but Wingstop. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know if there's a Wingstop in my area. I mean...
2: Oh, like there's no Squirt, either?
0: Uh, no, there's no Squirt here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is Squirt there, guys. You yes, I found
0: Squirt in my stop and shop. Yes. I even texted Jesse a picture, a picture of it, and no, I didn't purchase it. It wasn't on sale. Some, man. Adam Cole, baby. He comes out. He got a huge babyface reaction. And it's story time with Adam Cole, man. I can't begin to tell you how I missed Adam Cole on TV. Adam Cole's in there. He said in seven days he makes his in-ring return. Talked about his struggles, but now he feels great. He looks great. He said he's never been more ready or more prepared to do what he loves to do, which is wrestle for AEW. So people want to know who his opponent will be on March 29th next week. And as he began to speak, he was interrupted by Daniel Garcia. So Garcia was out there, asked who was ready for story time with Daniel Garcia. He got a shut the fuck up chant, which is absolutely fantastic if you're a heel. I would love that chant. He said he wanted to put him in his place. He entered the ring and said he's been winning matches for nine months while Cole was playing stupid video games on Twitch. I don't know who's on Twitch nowadays, man. That shit is a fucking hellhole. He says he's. I just di- saw. I just saw.
2: Um, FOMO go live, not on Twitch.
0: I know. Anymore. Good. I may she- be. I may be over that. I may be streaming Resident Evil on Kick. I think. Yeah, I
2: guess so, man.
0: Um, yes, that's tomorrow. It's Friday, guys. Resident Evil Four. I'll be all over it. Um, he says he's main evented more AEW programming on AEW TV over the last year than anyone, which is kind of right, kind of true. He said Cole wants a big, warm welcome, but he deserves it more. He says he's one of the best pro wrestlers. He stopped and corrected himself and says he's a great sports entertainer. Now, that is not... That's not going to make... That's not going to make Daddy Magic's nipples hard, bro, by calling himself a pro wrestler. I mean, come on now.
2: No, not that, bro.
0: He says he's one of the best pro wrestlers, (laughs) sports entertainers... He asked what Cole makes what what he asked Cole what makes him special, and Adam Cole basically told Daniel Garcia exactly what he told Karrion and Cross when they got into it on NXT. If you guys remember, yeah, when they ring the bell, that's what makes me special," says Adam Cole, and he's right. I knew he was gonna. I had a feeling he might bring that back at that. Uh, I mean, I is. mean, tell tell me what when Adam Cole is telling lies. I, I mean, it's tough to. It's Cole lying. said Garcia is good, and someday he could be the guy who leads the charge here in AEW. Says the problem is the company he keeps. He said JAS has made him overconfident. He said even not wrestling for nine months, he's still Adam Cole, baby. He's traveled the globe, beating some of the very best. He says as he sat at home for nine months, he hoped and dreamed of having second chances. He says if he's crazy enough to want to challenge him next week, then he's on. Match accepted. He said it'll be the first time ever. Next week, this just isn't a return match. It's a statement to the locker room that he's back. Fans were chanting for Adam Cole. He says he hopes he knows what he's in for. I'll see you next week, Garcia. Boom. Um, I mean, bro, the, the reaction here tonight for Adam Cole. Uh, I, again, I hope Tony Khan was paying close attention and listening. I know he. I know he. He does, and he knows exactly what the fans are are, are doing and wanting and asking for. I mean, the reaction, bro, tonight for Adam Cole signaled to me that AEW might have their next huge number one baby face on their hands with adam Cole
2: Something is very odd about adam Cole
0: uh, well i I'll, I'll I'll get to to why but I prefer Adam Cole as a heel more than I do a baby face but you know if, if as long as they don't deviate away from who he is and how he's been portrayed it, it should be fine but what 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 was raw what was off with Adam Cole
2: I don't know I mean just if it keeps it keeps feeling like he's like okay why are they tossing them in this daniel garcia thing i mean there's just so many you know open books for adam cole to be a part of right now you know it may
0: lead to an adam cole versus chris jericho match at uh at the pay-per-view yeah maybe adam cole versus chris jericho i mean i'd be interested in that
2: okay we'll, we'll see it just seems kind of weird like hey what's what's next for adam Cole? i mean just get back into the shit that you left out of me you know what i'm saying I mean, Adam Cole has the
0: most ups. I mean, we don't even we don't we don't even know if Punk is coming back to television and if he does win. You know, Brian has had a big impact. He's done, you know, exactly what he wanted. He wanted to fuck shit up and wrestle. You know, Adam Cole, he was part of that big tree, all that big trifecta that came in at the same time, 2021. He still has a, a huge, huge upside for AEW if they use him right, bro. He could he could actually prove to be the most valuable of all three if if Tony Khan plays his cards right.
2: Could be, you know. Could be. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm I'm still a little like I don't know. I, look, Garcia Cole, they'll tear the fucking house down, yo, yeah, well, easily. You know, but it, it seems like they're they're getting Cole reacclimated slowly or something. I mean, it... let's see what happens next week. You think the long time
0: off, he, he's still not one hundred percent.
2: I mean, um, maybe, man. Maybe they're just testing the waters right now. But Garcia is someone that's, that's going to go hard in the paint, yeah, though. Yeah, you know. I mean, so that's a good test. It's a good test. Alex good Marvez,
0: he, he was he was there. He walked into the locker room with Don Callis and Kenny Omega. They were talking. Callis asked Omega what his concern is. Omega says he should have gone to the hospital. Callis said catastrophic injuries happen, but those two going to the hospital might be the best thing to happen to them because now he can focus. Those kids will be fine in nine months or a few months, rather. Not nine months, a few months. Uh, He said they may not even be there in nine months. Who the fuck knows? He said uh, the god of pro wrestling is back and the match will blow the roof off the place. He then told Marvez to get out, push them out of the way. And um, I I don't know. I mean, you talk about weird, Jess. You thought Adam Cole, something was off with Adam Cole. I mean, the, those kids will be fine in a few months' comment from Callis was a little weird to me. Like, like you said that you, you think Callis set up the Young Bucks to get attacked earlier. Yeah. You know, it, it, is it something that Callis is doing to drive a wedge between Kenny Omega and the Elite here
2: uh, and the Bucks? We got to see, man, because I, I think I think Callis was in on that. And again, Callis has still been courting, you know, Takeshita. So, Callis is setting something up here, man. Callis is setting something up. I, mean, I don't know what's going on uh, or or how, but it, there's there's some long term storytelling going on here. Um, we got Juice showing up. Is Callis involved in this Bullet Club invasion thing? Maybe. I don't know. There's something going on here with Don Callis, man. I gotta. I, I want to see where this goes. I don't know, man.
0: You know. You know what I'm. You know what I'm. Poss- I'm gonna shoot. Uh, I'm gonna shoot a fucking hail mary shot from behind three point line here with this one. If you are correct. And Don Callis may be up to something. A little, little sneaky here, a little fucking sly, uh, sly little fucking devil at Don Callis is. If we get Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to split, and we get the Young Bucks teaming with Adam Page, because there was some sort of bullshit that happened at the end of that segment there with Adam Page and Kenny Omega, they're not on the same page. I don't know if Omega trusts Page or Page trusts Omega. If we get Paige and the Young Bucks teaming up, bro, against Kenny Omega, and obviously you mentioned Takeshita, you know, Don Kalisper's storyline has been kind of uh, courting uh, Kanosuke Takeshita. And then we get Kota Ibushi involved. Ooh. The Golden Lovers involved. Omega, Ooh. Ibushi, and Takeshita versus Paige and the Young Bucks at Forbidden Door. Okay.
2: Okay, Maybe. Yeah.
0: Maybe I don't know. I, I like Maybe. I said, I mean, it was a hail mary shot from on three point line, man. I don't
2: know. Could be pull Kenny away from the Bucks. Bucks go back to being a tag team. Kenny goes back to the cleaner. Or
0: I mean, I mean, this is the, never mind the three point line. I'm fucking. Uh, I'm I'm missed the perfect uh, this. Sh- I'm gonna miss the perfect this shit from fucking uh, uh, one end of the football field to the other. What if this leads to Adam Page and Kenny Omega coming together in some sort of truce? And they have Takesha as their partner. And the Young Bucks are on the opposite side with CM Punk.
2: Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You. Let's go back to the Mr. Perfect shot. That I was missed feasible. the perfect throw that fucking L. Mary passed to myself yeah. on that one, man. Yeah, now, now, now you're gone. Now you missed. All
0: right. And listen, it's possible. Uh, it's possible, bro. You know? Get the dream match of Punk and Omega. You get uh Punk and Hangman kind of settling their differences as well. You get the young Bucks who were kind of thrown in that thing, you know, teaming with a guy that they seemingly had a problem with. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs>
2: you
0: know? It's a listen, it's a pos- I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but it's a possibility. Otherwise, punk is just gonna come back and go after MJF. I mean, because he never really lost the championship, and that's the one thing that probably makes the most sense for him to do if he does come back. Look, if Punk comes back... I know, guys, I'm not drunk. I don't drink during these shows.
2: <laughs> if Punk comes back, I, I think they they have bigger fish to fry rather than doing something way out of the box like that. They need to get this guy's you know, feet warm and try to get him in, ease him back into the system because the backlash is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, 50, 50% of this fan base don't want to see him back. The other half probably do.
0: And so, I don't yeah. think Punk gives a
2: fuck. He does not. But whether he gives a fuck or not, the fans matter. Okay, so he cannot like it or like it, whatever. He doesn't like it. the fan, What the fans want matter, and TK, regardless of what you think about him, he has made it a point that he does listen to the fan base. Yes. So. All right, guys, we're getting into hour two here. We're going to talk
0: about John Moxley and Stu Grayson one-on-one. Uh, check in the chat. We got almost 2,000 people in here. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Uh, continue to hit that thumbs up. I don't think I mentioned any of this stuff because we went right into the uh, Vikingo. And Omega Match. Please hit that thumbs up, guys. There's almost 2,000 people in here. Uh, I'd love if we could get to uh, a 1,000 at least, close to a 1,000 tonight on the stream. Super Chats are open. Get them on in, and uh, we'll hang out in just a little bit. And the memberships, they are always open. You're going to need to get them on in because next Friday is the debut of My Mother's Basement. And you guys are going to have a uh, VIP-only chat next Friday for the go-home show for SmackDown before WrestleMania weekend. So make sure you guys get in on that because if you're not a VIP... You won't be allowed in the chat. John Moxley versus Stu Grayson. Stu Grayson is now all elite. I'm glad Tony Khan made that decision. Happy to see him back. I think he's great. Absolutely. Uh, this, was, uh, this was a very good match. Very good TV match between these two. Obviously, it continues the, uh, the intensity and the brutality of the Blackpool Combat Club. Grayson, he set up for his nightfall backbreaker on Moxley. Uh, this was after a commercial break. Moxley was pretty much uh, beating him up at ringside, uh, into the barricade. Grayson with the with the backbreaker. Moxley countered into his bulldog, drove his knees into his head, and then applied a rear naked choke. Grayson held on, charged into the corner, cannonballed Moxley into the corner to break free. Grayson then climbed to the top rope. Moxley knocked him off balance. Mox with that uh, devastating back scratch. Underhook, he did a death rider off the top rope on Stu Grayson. And that was enough for the victory. Uh, Moxley wins in just over 10 minutes. And that was basically it. Uh, so, uh, Stu Grayson, back-to-back great s- showcases uh, with that trios match last week and then this one-on-one match with John Moxley. Uh, I think uh, TK made a great decision on bringing Stu back to the fall, bro.
2: Absolutely. I think it was a bad decision letting him go. I think it was a fantastic a fantastic decision bringing him back. Um He's, I I think it was just, just not, not well, it wasn't noticed how, how much he was really loved by, you know, especially the Dark Order faithful. I think he's important to the Dark Order, and I think just like me, I think the Dark Order is is just going to hold a significant spot in TK's heart. He's not going to disband them or get rid of them, so um, I'm glad Stu is back. That's fantastic. Yep. Renee. She
0: uh, interviewed Ricky Starks backstage. She said she can feel the frustration and anger coming from him over rock hard. Rock hard. Juice Robinson. I still don't know uh, why Juice is oh. always so rock hard. Bro. Well, like, we found
2: wh- out tonight, buddy. Uh, I mean, <sighs> we, holy shit. We found out why Juice and Dante are rock hard. I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: is that I guess Jesse's being titillating again. I, I I don't know. I'm just saying, man. Tony Sorry Brown, where are you, matches. bro? Where are you? How you feeling, bro? How you feeling? That that uh, that that uh, Tony Brown?
2: That that blood pressure normalized, bro? Maybe this was the match TK was talking about when he kept saying dream match. <sighs> this is the match of his dreams. he has been dreaming if, about this listen, match maybe.
0: If that if that is the case, me and TK are on the same wavelength. Man, can you be mad at him? No. TK may be the greatest Booker of all time.
2: Two very beautiful
0: Now women. I know why he won Booker of the Year three years in a row.
2: Awesome. Two beautiful women.
0: Uh, we'll get to them. Uh, Juice Robbins is there. Uh, he said he's tired of Juice talking about him. He said he had to take time off his vacation early to tell Juice he's done talking and wants to face him on Rampage. He said either show up or stop. He says it's an open challenge and he should be a man... But if not, he says he doesn't care anymore. Hopefully we still care about Ricky Starks because he's uh, seemingly fallen off the face of the fucking earth after feuding with Chris Jericho and uh, winning the hearts of many people after having that great match with MJF. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Juice, why Juice is picking on Ricky Starks. Does this lead to something bigger for the Bullet Club? leading into Forbidden Door on A.W. television. I, I mean, Ricky Starks, man, it's like he went from, oh, my God, Ricky Starks is on TV. Now, now he's barely on the fucking show anymore. Baby face syndrome.
2: Yeah. And A.W., yeah. they, they, they an, don't it's know. A, <laughs> it's, it's a, a terrible a disease. It's a issue. It's a disease. You get hot, you get hot, you get hot, you get dropped. Wardlow is the biggest victim of this. The biggest. I don't know. Where's Wardlow to I don't know, but we got QTV. Yeah, it wasn't as
0: good as the first week, was it? No, this was not good. QT Marshall said he wanted the scoops. He might have been talking about Raj Geary. I don't know. (laughs) The woman said they discovered uh, whoever the blonde is. The woman said they discovered a young, hot prospect named Ray Phoenix. So we got a clip airing of uh, Powerhouse Hobbs beating him on Rampage last uh, Friday, which nobody watched. They all laughed at Ray Phoenix and... Him losing. They made fun of other wrestlers in uh, this very over-the-top way and made uh, Twitter references, and Aaron Solo was spraying uh, banaca into his mouth and acting very obnoxious, and this, is, uh, this, this sucks, bro. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. You know, I, for a second, for a second, they almost had me believing that the whole Wardlow title being stolen thing was a complete work. Until they said that they hacked Meltzer's account tonight.
0: They hacked Meltzer's account.
2: Yeah, you didn't hear about you didn't hear that. They, no, I didn't
0: put that in my notes. I must have. Uh, I must have dazed away when so I. So you know, uh, Meltzer got hacked. Right? this segment. Uh, is
2: that why he has? Is that why he has no profile picture? I don't know why he has no profile pic, but he got hacked earlier in the week. Oh, I did not so, know that. Yeah, he got legit hacked for a little bit. Hmm. And then that's when, you know, Solis went L. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I hacked some I hacked the account of some observer out there. Because the wrestling observer account. Was wow,
0: they're bringing that uh
2: they're bringing all that nonsense to uh QTV, right? Huh? Yeah. So now, so now I'm just like, okay, well, the shit that happens throughout the week, they just pretend that they did it, you know. For a second, I thought that maybe this whole thing was a work, but no. No, they just take what happens in real life and and take claim to it on QTV. I don't know, man. I'm not enjoying it. But I don't want to nah. say anything too negatively. Otherwise, QT
0: Marshall is going to end up blocking me and then having a fucking problem with me like he did Raj Geary, And I don't want that. Let me tell
2: you something. I already got enough problems. QT, if you're watching, I was the fucking guy here putting over your fucking documentary. Putting over that documentary. Facts. as. Remember that? I was the one Facts. putting that shit over for everyone to go fucking watch. Listen, QT's a great wrestler, man. I'm not taking nothing away from him. Yeah. So my point but is, I want to call. I'm gonna call the good shit like I see it. And if last week was good too, this week was not good.
0: No, I thought it's last good. week's was better too. I didn't
2: like it this week. Sorry,
0: it's okay. We'll see what happens next week. Yep. Sky Blue, Sky Blue, and Tony Storm. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. I don't know, man. Match of the night. This is my dream. Dream match. match. Um, no Brittany out there. Hi Brittany. What ha- Hi, Britt. How you doing? How you doing, honey? Listen. Uh listen. My mother's basement is next Friday. I, I want I want you to I want you to come on down, really. Wait, wait, she's invited and I'm not. What of course, of course there? she is. Of course. Britt the the Breaker's involved is gonna be invited. What the fuck you talking about, man? Well, what, what if somebody chips a tooth? This is true. I need a dentist there. You know? This is true. All right. I need some there medical on staff. Fair enough. You know, Hi, listen, w- listen, we missed you tonight. But listen, we love Bay. We're glad he's back on TV. It's f- over the moon that he's back. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, this match was fucking unbelievable in every way. But I'll tell you why, man. Uh, the ladies, they move like they're in fucking quicksand. I swear to God, man. The one thing I, the one thing I do not like about the women's division, it's, you know how you go, and it just looks like they're still in rehearsals, bro. I don't know how to describe okay. it, you All know? Right,
2: well, so, this is this is what I saw. And and
0: listen, um, Sky, what, listen Sky Blue is wait, getting
2: better, bro, but I mean... Wait, I'm, I'm only saying this because I watch both Dark and Dynamite. So, I've seen the pace at which Tony Storm normally works, and I'm used to the pace from seeing the pace of what Sky Blue normally works... Tony Storm slowed down tremendously to keep up with Sky Blue's uh, blue's pace. It's not saying that she's bad, but she is not on the skill level or the pace of a Tony Storm. So Tony well, they're Storm Well, are not right they're, there's slow, not many right there's not many slow, people in that division that are. Not many people that are. So Tony Storm rightfully slowed, you know, slowed down her tempo and everything else to work with Sky Blue. It's what you're supposed to do. And unfortunately, yeah, it kind of it kind of showed um, it kind of exposed Sky Blue a little bit in her timing and things like that. But yes, Sky Blue has improved. I'm watching her improvement. You mentioned earlier about like liking, liking to watch NXT to watch people improve. Um, Sky Blue for me is one of those wrestlers who has improved. She is getting better. Um, but in a match on national television against a veteran like Tony Storm, you know the the things that she is not so great at will be brought to the forefront. Tony Schiavone mentioned that Sky Blue has seventy-two matches in AW. That's a lot in a
0: short amount of time, man. It's a lot. Yeah, she should be a lot better than what she is.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Man, she's. Am I being look, too hard? Ki- am, am I being too hard? There is no number that you should. There's no number of matches you should have had to 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 be a, as long as you're improving. I don't care what the pace is. As long as you're getting better. If you're staying the same or getting worse, get out.
0: Storm wins in seven minutes. She had a nice little uh, trifecta attack at the end of the match. Uh, she did the hip attack, a snap German, and a Storm Zero. One, two, three, and Storm wins in about seven minutes. Willow Nightingale and Riho ran out with a lead pipe because there was going to be a, a three-on-one attack here on Sky Blue because uh, the uh, outsiders, what do they call the outcasts? They were about Outcast. to spray paint the, the spray paint Sky Blue green, bro. We don't want Sky Blue spray-painted. Even though she probably looked good in any color, but I mean, dude, what are we doing here? I don't
2: know. What the fuck I like are how we they, doing I like, I like how they bailed and then was like, nah, let's go get him. And then Rio was like, I still have the pipe. Oh, fuck, that's right. She still has, she still, she still's got the pipe. She's got the pipe still. Back up, back up. Okay, we're gonna Man, has,
0: uh, has Soraya been a bust for AEW at this point?
2: Um, or is it too early to I, judge? I think it's too early to judge. I want to see where this storyline is going. Clearly, this storyline has to be going somewhere. It has to be leading up to something big. Someone coming in for the first time. Someone coming back. There has to be some kind of payoff for this. I want to see where it goes. And then I want to see the direction of page of pages of Soraya's faction and see where it goes from there. So let's see. Listen, I
0: don't know if this doesn't lead to Mercedes coming in to challenge
2: uh, Jamie Hader, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I don't know. But it, it could be a number of things. Maybe, th- maybe this leads to us uh, uh, getting Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. It has to, go, it has to go somewhere. So I just want to see where it goes.
0: Uh there was a trainer backstage checking on Stu Grayson after his match with John Moxley. Moxley walked up and uh, said it was just business, and then all of a sudden choked out Stu Grayson again, rammed him into a uh, production crate. Uh, Yuda and Claudio threw ice bags on him and uh, said, "Hey, you may need this." This was so good, man. They're just beating the shit out of everybody. This was so good. I I said on Twitter, the Moxley's a dick, dude. Uh, <laughs> guys in the chat, this the, the ladies are not getting blood and guts. You're not giving blood and guts to the ladies over of this fucking middle of the road, fucking lukewarm feud over the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. Give me a break. And we're not
2: putting Soraya in blood and guts either. No, come on now. I thought you guys were smarter than that, no. Kenny O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry. He hey, like, what, when, when Moxley did that, I came out on Twitter and said, "God, Moxley's a yeah, he's a, he's a fucking prick, man." And he not know, know later why on.
0: Renee, Renee, Rene must really love him, bro.
2: Ah, oh, he's such an asshole. Man. <laughs> we mean that in the best
0: way possible. We love Mox. Uh, Kenny Omega against Vikingo in the main event. Justin Roberts made the ring entrances for both these guys. It felt like a big deal. This was uh, this was fucking great. This was. Yeah. Uh, Every bit as good as they knew it was going to be. But was it the dream match that everybody was claiming it was? No. It's not a dream match to me. You know, a dream match to me is Shawn Michaels versus The Rock or Shawn Michaels versus... Eddie Guerrero or or, or I don't are, are there even any dream matches nowadays? That's that's the fucking question well, that you should be asking. I mean th- well there's fine.
2: dream matches that we have gotten. Yeah. Rock versus Hogan. Yeah. That was a dream. That was a dream match. match yes. You know, I mean Undertaker like versus that.
0: Shawn Michaels even though they were still uh you know active on the same brand that was a dream yeah. match to me.
2: Icon versus an, an an icon that for some reason we've never gotten together in one match. That's a dream match. Yeah. You know, Kenny Omega is an icon, but as great as this guy is, he is not an icon here in the United States. No. This cannot be, this cannot be a dream match.
0: No. This was uh, a showcase. This was a Forbidden Door exhibition on what to expect for Forbidden Door. Congratulations to Tony Khan for selling out the uh, Toronto arena there that they're in for uh, Forbidden Door already. I, I mean, you're going to have a whole fucking night of no storylines and just banger matches, man. Who, who would have thought, right? It's the one yeah, night a year. Nobody gives
2: a shit. The United Center did it better, though. Just saying.
0: I don't know, man. Toronto, I heard, has a nice uh, cocktail and beer scene. Better
2: than Chicago, man. You got to step up your game. The United Center, bro.
0: Yes.
2: Just saying. Chicago did it better. Okay. Just saying.
0: All right. Yes, AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels would have been a dream match. Yes. Dream match. If if Shawn Michaels had hair. Not this current Shawn Michaels. Can we get some of AJ Styles' hair on Shawn Michaels? That's the question. Did you hear about Alexa Bliss, bro? Did I hear about Alexa Bliss, that she had some sort of skin cancer?
2: Well, no, not talking about that part. Oh. But, yeah, I mean.
0: What what about Alexa? Get
2: get well soon, Alexa Bliss, for that one. Yeah. But she was revealed on The Masked Singer tonight. Oh, great.
0: Did anybody know who she
2: was? I don't know. I didn't didn't watch that. Chris Jericho was on The Masked Singer, too. Yeah, after I heard he was fucking like pinpointed right away. <laughs> yeah. You can't hide that damn voice.
0: Jesus Christ. I mean, is that show, is that show desperate for fucking uh, attention that they got Alexa Bliss on there? I mean, holy fuck.
2: Probably was. I watched, like, season one. Season one was actually pretty I interesting. I never watched one episode. No, season one was actually pretty interesting. And then after that, it just kind of went downhill.
0: So we got this match here, main event. Um... I mean, it was was a banger. I mean, this was a fucking... A banger of all bangers, this was. Um, This will go down as one of the best AEW Dynamite main events in company history. This will go down as uh, one of the best matches on TV that you will see all year. But like Jesse and I have uh, so eloquently put tonight, this was not a dream match. Uh, Vikingo's 25 years old. He's unbelievable. I mean, the, the sky's the fucking limit for this guy. Um... I don't know where he's going to rank when he gets to TV over the major U.S. promotion. I don't know what the language barrier is. I know Jesse and I discussed the language barrier possibly hindering him. But I watched NXT last night before I fell asleep at 9 o'clock because the show sucks. And I saw Dragon Lee out there with Wesley. Dragon Lee's uh, wrestling for the North American title. It's standing stand and deliver. Should be a banger. And-, and Dragon Lee, bro, on the microphone, I don't know how much English he knew coming into WWE. He was not bad at all, bro. He speaks better English than Andrade. You know, yeah. So I mean, it's all—it's always the same thing with these guys. They got to get the language down, and then I mean, well, nothing's stopping them after that, really. But yeah,
2: that—that's that, always—that's that, that's always the one thing you know, that um, a foreigner, you know, wants to consider when they come over to full time to the States, you know, that language barrier is something that could prevent you from completely getting over. Yeah. Um, It's not a guarantee. You know, many have gotten over, you know, through it, but it is definitely there and something that needs to be considered when you are making that jump.
0: This was Kenny Omega's first match since November 3rd, 2021, where he went one-on-one with Alan Angel's, an old time name in AEW's uh, lineage. Unbelievable match. Um, Tony Khan did right by booking this thing. Uh, I don't think anybody has a problem with the fucking lack of storytelling and all the bullshit that fans were talking about on social media that made them look like fucking blithering idiots. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to go uh, do it right, go start your own wrestling promotion. Stop telling Tony Khan what to do. Uh, even though, uh, even though we usually tell him what to do on a weekly basis, but. At least we're uh, we're a little bit we're more se- seasoned here, okay? at uh, <laughs> at this. I've been doing this for a very long time, man. And my I, I know I may not be the I may not be the most popular fellow here, but uh, I mean my opinion holds uh, a lot of weight here. But um, as, as far as the story, this whole show was built around the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. So you got your story, and then you got a banger match on top of that. So cut the shit. So. Kenny Omega, we also talked about being it's first single his first singles match since November 3rd. Obviously you saw the value in Omega. Uh obviously as a singles guy here and, and and what he brings to the table away from the tag team element which uh like Jesse and I talked about earlier. I hope Tony Khan paid attention to because there's no there's no reason why Kenny Omega needs to be in a tag team capacity. Uh again, he should be he should be mixing it up with fucking Mega names in, in the main event solo. It, it just makes the whole show feel that much more must see and i honestly think this is where fans kind of drifted off a little bit it's like same shit we like what 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 are our guys doing like we came in we came here to see story the story that they have uh, adopted for themselves into the company and to see matches like this and they've gone away from that so I, i'm glad to see omega back here in the main event i i, I mean vikingo he he started the, the the match off with a huge fucking uh, suicide dive right on omega right out to the floor and omega was sent to the floor uh, soon after that, after an implosion hurling Karana out of the corner, a corkscrew, corkscrew kick, Omega was sent to the floor where Vikingo hit a shooting star press off the apron, an unbelievable springboard 450 splash off the second rope uh, that got Vikingo a near fall back inside. Omega, he was battling back. He hit Vikingo with a tilt a backbreaker, a fisherman buster. He then threw Vikingo into the barricade on the outside and set up a table on the outside because fans were chanting, we want tables, we want tables, as, as if you weren't going to get enough in this match. Vikingo fought back on the apron. Omega hit a perfect monkey flip on the edge of the apron. Uh, Vikingo landed hard. Omega wanted a snap dragon off the apron through the table, but Vikingo sprung into the ring, leapt, off, leapt to the top rope, and hit a, he was standing on the steel post and hit a dragon rana, on the apron to the floor. Unbelievable. So back inside, Vikingo uh, hits Omega with a beautiful corner kick. And they're fighting up on the ropes. Omega tried for a power bomb, but Vikingo turns it into a hurricane in midair and planted Omega on his head, which looked absolutely fucking sad. I thought Kenny, bro, came down right on top of his head. You know, uh, Stinger, Stinger fucking uh, was running through my head, man. A neck injury. I'm like, holy shit.
2: Yeah. No, it was, it was scary, right? I mean, it. whenever you see a spot like that, especially when you're not used to seeing, you know, the reaction is always... And somehow, when you're in a match with Kenny Omega, they always manage to get those high-risk spots to just barely clear, especially those dragon suplexes, man, to not land on the back of your neck, man. They always manage to not kill you. You yep. know, it's, it's... I don't know how they do this shit, man.
0: So Omega's in the ring, laying on his back after that terrible-looking spot. Vikingo followed with a fucking spinning Phoenix splash from the apron, springboarded off the second rope. I mean, I can't—I don't know how to fucking write that shit down. I mean, you got to go watch it. Near fall. Omega caught a flying Vikingo midair, powerbomb, pump knee. Vikingo kicked out. Omega followed up with a Snapdragon, which looked absolutely fucking devastating. Omega hit a perfect V-trigger. Vikingo then counted a one-winged angel into a swan-dive poison rana that spiked Omega again on his head. Omega is now in trouble, finds himself laying on the table, and Vikingo... Uh, I mean, this guy ran from one end of the ring to the other to springboard w- with one foot off the second rope to do a fucking 630 centon through the fucking table and nailed it beautifully... My I God. mean, I don't even, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching here. Crowd right. is legitimately on their feet chanting, holy shit, holy shit. Uh, I mean, Tony Schiavone's losing his mind on commentary. Uh, Excalibur's fucking losing his mind on commentary. Omega then somehow gets back up in the ring. V-Trigger, one-winged angel. And that was basically the end of the match right there. That 630 centime was a thing of beauty. I've never seen anything like that before ever. Holy that shit.
2: That was uh, uh, in the, in the little you know the little, um, package that they played for Vikingo, I mean that that little package I was like wow some of those moves like wow holy shit man look at that, and they played like maybe what maybe once yeah you know twice and I was already looking forward to seeing what he can do and he did not disappoint man
0: no, I mean the guy is absolutely breathtaking you 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 can you can see how great of a worker he is he's only twenty five years old. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for him, but, you know, Jesse joked around to me on text and I during the show. He, he's like, you know, Triple H probably on the phone already within the first three minutes of this match uh, with Conan about fucking Vikingo services. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H is fucking scouting this guy already, you know? Yeah. That's I, why Tony. I, I that's one sure. of the reasons why Tony Khan
2: wanted this match to happen now. Yeah. I was saying myself, I, like, I don't, I don't, I could not put guys like this. On national television, without locking him down somehow, no. some way, because I mean, it 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 just be an open market for for WWE to come poach a star like this, man.
0: Shivani's in the ring with Omega. Interview time. He told Omega it was a match for the ages, and I won't go that far. Omega said, "The more he ages, the more he wonders if he could still do this." He thanked the fans. Mox, Yuta, and Claudio attacked Omega from behind. And obviously, we now know who attacked the Bucks earlier in the night. It was the Blackpool Combat Club. So we got sirens coming out from the outside of the building. And the big screen showed an ambulance returning, the same ambulance that had the young Bucks in it at the beginning of the show. Hangman was driving the ambulance, and he stepped out with a 2x4 with nails sticking out of it. So he walks into the arena, he charged out with this weapon in his hand, Black Blue Combat Club fled. Callus walked up to Hangman and grabbed his hand. He pretended that he hit Hangman, or that that, uh, Hangman hit him. He pretended that Hangman hit him, and Omega sat up and thought Hangman actually hit Don Callus. Hangman told Omega that he didn't. Omega didn't believe him and left with Callus. Callus is clearly up to something, bro.
2: Yeah, someone in chat said, said, how would Adam know to come back? Well, he probably talked to the Bucks who said, you know, it was uh about Blackpool Combat Club that did this. Yeah. So that's why he that's why he came back. Yeah. I think the only thing missing with Hangman's BMF walk down to the ring was that Yeah. how many times have Austin stole the fucking ambulance and came back to the arena? Lots of times. Lots.
0: But I mean, this this whole Don Callis Hangman thing, bro. You know, he pretended that Hangman hit him. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, like you even said it in the beginning of the show." Like a- after that, I'm like, "Yep, there's something going on here. What it is? Story. I don't know, but story, bro. long-term booking. Long-term story. The beginnings of it. I love it. Yes. Now, I'm sure Omega uh, is going to be uh, obviously upset, and then he's going to come to find out because he could fucking watch the show to see what? that hangman didn't fucking hit him. <laughs> so he may be apologizing next week for all we care, and he should because you could go back. It's on film. It's on. That, that, that he didn't get hit. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with Don Callis, but for all the fucking geeks out there, shut your fucking mouth. You got a banger main event, one of the best main events in AEW Dynamite history, and you got a, a two-hour-long show story with the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club that bled into the match tonight with Vikingo and Omega, and then transpired again after the match was over. What do you want? Shut your mouth. Tony Khan did great tonight, and even though it was a very middle-of-the-road show, story was there, and that's basically all we come for.
2: Great. Awesome.
0: Anyway, guys, we're going to get into the Super Chats and then get the hell out of here. I want to thank you guys for joining us tonight on OTS. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. A lot of you guys are upset on TikTok about my uh, my posts because you don't agree with them. Fuck off. If you don't like it, go start your own podcast. People don't agree with you? I mean, I mean, I mean this Cody Rhodes' topic, man. It's a very sensitive one, man. Cody is not ready uh, until SummerSlam. People don't want to believe it. You know, the fact that I said Cody hasn't struggled enough to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania.
2: Th- this is what's triggering the community, bro. You believe that? Yes. To answer your question, I do believe. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the community triggered over much, much Jesus worse. Christ. So go follow me on
0: there, man. Some great content, some YouTube shorts up there, TikToks as well on TikTok. All you need is down in the description below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go follow Jesse as well on Twitter and on YouTube. ChiTownSmart, same at on YouTube. And please make sure you guys go check out all the other contents on the channel. Plenty of it. We'll be live tomorrow afternoon with your midweek report. And then Friday for SmackDown. Hit that thumbs up. We got 660 likes. Uh, that's unacceptable. I need at least... I, I, listen, if you guys are not going to at least do 1,000, I need at least 800. Come on. Hit that thumbs up. It's a great show tonight. Great discu- Great discussion. And Super Chats, like I said, are open. We're going to get into them right now. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by The Ridge. Ridge.com slash scripts. 40% off, guys. Seriously, it is the it, this is the absolute banger of deals. I mean, I've never seen anything like that with Ridge. I got four of them. I may get myself another one. Ridge.com slash script. 40% off for their 10-year anniversary. Do not miss it because you only got till March 26th to take advantage of that deal. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. He says, J.D. and Jesse, fuck Bill Goldberg. What? Bro, that may be the greatest comment you ever told us. (laughs) Tony Brown with a $4.99. He says, real meat lovers, bro. Dante Martin is a lucky man, bro. Holy shit. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Vikingo is insanely good. Main event banger. Zachary Busby with a new membership. Thank you, Zachary. You will be in my mother's basement. Paul Troy with a $5 super chat. Do we really need Punk when we have Adam Cole? Yes, we do. If Punk wants to be back and AEW will allow him back and the Elite allow him back, sure. Uncle Willie 101 with a seven months. What's up, J.D. and Jesse? I got to meet Matt Taven over the weekend. Great experience. An awesome guy. Got a picture and an autograph. OTS for life. Hopefully it was worth it, brother. Lunar Guardian with seven months. Seven months OTS fam. Appreciate J.D. for his realist approach to professional wrestling. Lunar, thank you so much. N with a four ninety nine. TK got robbed with that Soraya signing. She hasn't elevated the division at all on a new signing with Taya, or Taya, rather. Taya, Saraya, Taya, already (laughs) relegated to Rampage. And we'll give it some time. We'll give it a little bit more time, bro, but uh, we're kind of trending in that direction. Martin Smith with 17 months. Thank you, Martin. Hey, JD, sorry for the long hiatus, but it feels good to be in the venue tonight. I can't wait for the opening night of your mother's basement. Cheers to you, Martin. Happy to have you back, brother. NC 07 6 months No message Thank you NC New Bendy comic dubs With 7 months I will never watch again If I hear Goldberg say MJF You're next Oh god That No <laughs> You just gave Jesse nightmares tonight No And if Juice cool. Robinson makes Bullet Club and AEW I will get Rock Hard Club T-shirt They sell one of those? They sell a rock hard Bullet Club t shirt. I don't see why you wouldn't. It's not
2: like a pretty good seller right there. I mean, I should buy that. So I could, always, Martin, I could always be rock hard, bro. Bro, if Dante Martin breaks up with Sky Blue, man, I, I'm next. Get in line, buddy. It's right here in Chicago, too, man. Yeah, I know. Get in, get in line. I'll fly yeah. out there.
0: Yeah. Joseph Taylor, five dollars super jack. Kenny Omega just proved why he is far superior in that wrestling ring and why he's better than Roman Reigns. Ah,
2: that, well, come on! That was man. never a debate, man. There was that never is, a deb-
0: come on, man. What, what? We're
2: talking in ring work rate,
1: bro. Kenny Roman Omega.
0: Reigns would probably tell you that Kenny Omega is a better pro wrestler than he is. Yes.
1: Is Roman Reigns who's, right who, now? Yeah,
0: who's the better character and who's telling the better stories? Roman Reigns.
2: Roman Reigns.
0: Who's the greatest final boss in the business? Roman Reigns. Roman
2: Reigns. I mean, it, it's okay. Every, everybody at some point on a different level can be the best at something different in pro wrestling. It's okay. Kenny or Roman are not the best high flyers in the game. No. Right now, it's Vikingo. So yeah. It's, it's okay, man.
0: P-Mac with a $5 super chat. Did either one of you guys watch Beavis and Butter back in the day? I tried watching this remake version. It's total BS. Uh, yes, I watched it religiously back in the day.
2: I watched it back in the day. I watch it now. I like the remakes. I, I like how they modernized it. They, they, I, I haven't they. watched the remake yet. I like it, man. Where can I watch that? Um, Paramount Plus is running it, and I think Comedy Central is running it as well.
0: Pause. NVI with the five months. Imagine Austin Theory beats John Cena. Uh, what imagine? He is. He's going to beat John Cena. Don't imagine. Better. Then on Raw, Theory issues and a U.S. Open challenge, and Jay White accepts and beats Austin Theory for the U.S. title. That is absolutely counterproductive. Why would you do that? I could Can see if John. Really I, I, I could see
2: down Austin Theory. I
0: could see. I could see John. If John Cena beats Austin Theory for the U.S. title, that John Cena drops the U.S. title to an open challenge to Jay White. That I could see, but I don't see that being the case. Omega Kong with a ten dollar super chat. One thing I can give AEW credit for is showing me that there is a world of wrestling outside WWE. I check out New Japan, and after Omega Vikingo, I'm gonna check out AAA Lucha. I appreciate the knowledge. OTS number one. Thank you, Omega Kong. Yes, if that's people, the trailer,
2: yeah, you know how many people saw this and said, "I want to go see more of this fucking."
0: Thing? Yeah. How many followers do you think he gained on social media today?
2: Oh, uh, Sammy Guevara says he wants something. There you go. Sammy said he wants something, and the reactions are like,
0: yes, please. Yeah. Joseph Gonzalez with the 499 Super Chat. Do you think it is a possibility that Khan pushed for Vikingo versus Omega now because he expects Kenny to leave when his contract expires? That's also a possibility, bro, but we we don't know. Tony Khan is probably just, you know, covering all of his bases, but that definitely is a a talking point for sure. I was at Trader Joe's and stumbled upon cookie butter liqueur mix with the cookie dough whiskey. Oh, my God, you talk about a great cocktail, says so PMAC with a $5 Super Chat. Um, sounds very sweet. I don't like my whiskeys too sweet, brother. Sounds very sweet. Uh, Jay Patterson with a $5 Super Chat. Don Callis is going to turn on Omega and join the Blackpool Combat Club with Takeshta to face Hangman and the Elite at Blood and Guts. Now that sounds reasonable. That sounds that's that, that actually sounds kind of feasible. Yes. Better than your story
2: of CM Punk joins and everyone goes to. Bro, I, 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 I
0: didn't. I did. I mentioned Ibushi.
2: Whatever. He was way off the damn guardrails, man. Jay
0: Patterson may have uh, solved the puzzle here. Possibly, man. Uh, P Mac with a two dollar super chat. Goldberg versus Jade Cargill with a streak on the line. Hoberg wins. Yes. Willie Martin with a 20 months. They should have Sting cut a promo with Darby by his side, picking his final opponent, then have Sting. Uh, where'd this go? Then have Sting pick Darby in like a passing of the torch match. That's eh, a possibility. It's a possibility. We don't know. Sting's going to do what Sting wants. I'm sure Sting has something in mind. Yeah. Justin Smith with the $2 jack calling it. Don paid the Blackpool Combat Club to take out the Bucks.
2: That's what I call it, basically. there. You go.
0: Okay. Hollywood guy with a ten dollar super chat. Any bets that MJF loses the belt to Goldberg? Then we get a match with Punk. So Punk versus Goldberg for the belt. A dream match. Says no one except for Tony. Uh, Hollywood guy. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave the venue. Oh, oh my
2: god.
0: Please just just exit yourself, bro. I'm not even gonna have Otis kick you out. Let's go. You will not be allowed in, into my mother's basement with takes like that, bro. Seriously, that's like a Ryan Satin take. That's like a Fightful.com take, bro. Come on now. A Denise Salcedo take. Come on. You don't want to be that. J-Ray with a $5 super jab. Being totally unbiased, I'm cool with TK signing Goldberg for a one-off retirement match at Double or Nothing or All Out. And then off into the sunset he goes. No. No. J-Ray, I'm sorry. You're going to have to walk out with Hollywood guy, bro. This is a non-Goldberg establishment. OmegaCon Con with a 14 months. These toxic low lives in the IWC shouldn't be heard. Their opinions, the opinions of the OTS tribe are the only ones that matter. Well, I don't want to silence anybody's opinions, but I, I will say this, man. We're the smartest group of guys here. There's number one. We're number one for a reason. Uh, J-Ray, final super jet, Buy, sell, or delete. SummerSlam, 2002. ECW, one nightstand, Stand 2005. Or AEW Revolution 2021. That's all you, brother. Uh, I am... That's a tough one. Uh, I am deleting AEW Revolution 2021. I am buying SummerSlam 2002. And I'm uh, selling on One Night Stand. Yeah, easily. Jeremy Lewis with the 19 Months. Was a good show to see live, though. I understand your points clearly, JD. Great stream. Watch out, Jesse. Cheers. Yes, Jeremy. Thank you for the sign, brother. I appreciate you, man. I didn't see the sign on TV though. I did. Did you? I did. Yeah. Um,
2: Where was it it? Didn't, it? it didn't catch it. It didn't. It didn't. He didn't catch it flush, but you definitely saw him in that sign, and he saw them sitting because he was off. So he was off to. If you look at that hard cam, all right, he was off to the right side and then one time the, one of the floating cameras came swinging around and you saw the sign over there. I didn't oh, okay. get a chance to take a picture of it. I'll take a picture of it when I get a chance. I'll well, I mean,
0: it. I mean, thank you, Jeremy. I mean, I appreciate you taking the sign into the venue. Uh, I, I, I always appreciate it. It's always great to uh, see that type of energy and support for the podcast, man. Hopefully we get to do it again. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Rep NYC with a $20 Super Chat. Yo, JD and Jesse, I'd rather watch paint dry while drinking Squirt than see Goldberg or Oldberg in an AEW ring. OTS for life. Bro, I'd rather do anything than watch Bill Goldberg in an AEW ring.
1: I'd rather listen to is. Denise
0: Salcedo than watch Bill Goldberg in a ring. And that's, I mean, holy shit, man. That's like the bottom of the barrel right there. Come on now. Uh, Denise has done Bro, I'd rather to shake me. Ryan Satin's hand and apologize than watch Bill Goldberg in an AEW ring. Oh,
2: I don't care about Satin, but Denise has done nothing to me. Stating facts. Stu Sexton.
0: Oh, J.D., you're so mean, man. Don't worry. I'm tired, and I'm cranky, and I'm sure Denise is a lovely woman.
2: (laughs) Nope, nope, (laughs) nope, hold on. Okay, go ahead.
0: Stu Sexton with 37 months. Great show tonight, as always. Can't wait for the debut of your mother's basement next week. OTS for life. Thank you, Stu, with 37 months. Stu was on his way to getting that fucking elusive Mustang emote, bro. That Mustang badge. There you go. Thank you, Stu. Mike Lee with a new membership. Mike, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Thank you so much for the membership. Appreciate you. You'll be in my mother's basement, I hope. Sarit Mohanty with a $29 super chat. No message. And he becomes a new member, Sarit. Thank you, man.
2: There you go.
0: Mike Lee with a $10 super chat. Hey, J.D., you weren't kidding. Your mother's basement is beautiful, and I'll have a vodka and lemonade. There you go. We'll be serving them up in the uh, mother's basement. Thank you brother. Francisco with the $2 super chat. Give me Adam Cole versus Vikingo. Instant banger. Or you could put you could put either one of those guys in a ring with anybody and it'll be a banger. Yeah. And Zay the Legend with a $4.99 super chat. He says, "Did y'all watch BTE this week? If y'all did, did y'all see the part? There are a lot a lot of y'alls here by the way. This is not me poking fun at him." Uh, did you did y'all see the part when the elite made the group chat and Kenny Omega left the chat so damn quick? Uh, is that because CM Punk entered the chat room?
2: No, because Hangman's in it.
0: Because Hangman's in it. There you go. I don't yeah.
2: know. Where listen, man. Everybody uh, was wait. They were all waiting for Hangman's response because I think it, um, it was met. It was like, hey, we should all like you know get together and shit like that. And Hangman was in it. They're like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, then. No hang, no no Kenny reply. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah guys. I don't know what I'm doing with Ring of Honor next week. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I may not cover it because it's my mother's basement, bro. I got I got to do SmackDown. Jesse will cover Ring of Honor. Oh, there you go. Go go listen to Jesse for it.
2: I'll cover it. I might even do a review. Instead of... There you go.
0: I can't do that. I can't. I can't watch two shows at one time. I don't know how some of these people do it, man. Two shows at one time. Anyway, man, uh, that's it. That's all we got, guys. Uh, we will uh, see you, or I will see you tomorrow, live on OTS, man. We got, uh, we got some stuff to talk about, man. Some, some rumors going around with WrestleMania coming up. Some WrestleMania rumors. Well, what time are you going? By? Uh right now it's five o'clock. I will it's let you four. know. Okay. I will let you know this week. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Calm down. You're not being titillating enough. Okay. Maybe not. All right. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to make myself a drink and then uh, play some Destiny because I haven't been on all week and i got to get my grind on. But uh, listen, guys, I appreciate you. I'll see you live in the venue tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we'll go over the midweek update with news. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. You guys know the deal. And I will see you all tomorrow right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.